Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly, co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold, and co-host Army National Guard veteran Sean Claiborne. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. Hey, we have a special panelist with us. Uh, Bob Carnegie, who is a U.S. Army veteran and DAV First Junior Vice Commander, Department of Indiana. And what he is going to talk to us about is the 2021 DAV Chapter 17 Agenda. It's always an honor to have veterans such as yourself on the show. Uh, Thank you for your service before we start. Um, Quite a distinguished career, uh, career you have as a veteran. Can't hear. Some things we're doing in Indiana. Okay. Great. Yes. Yeah. Give us a little bit of a rundown. So, what, what is the chapter, uh, you know, looking at for the 2021 timeframe? <laughs> I know that you have a lot of plans sort of in the making. And, uh, you know, uh, we really, uh, really appreciate what you do for the veterans. So, tell us a little bit about what the plans are. How are you looking at 2021? Okay, well, there's two levels to look at the plans. One would be local in northwest Indiana, Mm -hmm. uh, covers uh, Hammond, Gary, East Chicago, Highland, Griffith, Munster, that kind of an area. Mm -hmm. And then we bleed over into Illinois and we pick up members from Mm -hmm. those border counties that that are alongside the state of Indiana in in the northern part of uh, Illinois. And the thing that happens is we have a, a particular agenda that we usually follow uh, during January, February, March, April, May, where we have elections of officers. We do a fundraiser, probably the most important thing in our agenda. We have what's called the DAV walk. Uh, we have that usually in May. We'll probably push it to June this year mm-hmm. so that we can get more people out of the house and uh, outside uh, walking with us. And then uh, we bleed into June where we have our state convention. And then we get into the summer months where we have a picnic and we have uh, connectivity to the national DAV convention that will be in Reno, Nevada in the month of August. And uh, there are a lot of activities, but I think the most important thing tomorrow Hmm. is a a day that's called the – the Indiana Military Veterans Legislative Day. It takes place at the State House down in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. And uh, veterans from all over the state, uh, it's, it's formed, the group is formed by American Legion, VFW, DAV, AMVETS, and we all gather together at the State House in Indianapolis. Well, obviously, because of COVID, we can't do that this year. Uh, we take a busload of people from up in northwest Indiana down to that con- that conference. But uh, tomorrow we're going to do it virtually. We've got the whole state tied together electronically. And so the activities will take place at the state house, but we'll be joining from a uh, location in northwest Indiana. And the problem with these locations where we're going to have what's called a watch party, we're limited to 25 people. Uh. So within the watch party itself, a satellite kind of a situation, uh, we still can only have 25 people in the hall. The hall seats 380 people. We can 
We're only allowed to have 25 people. Uh. And uh, the key thing, what happens at that meeting is we go over the agenda for the year of legislation that the veterans, the veteran council from the state of Indiana deemed to be the most essential uh, tasks that we would like to see the state government take on. This year we have a list of only three items. Okay. Um, one item is uh, grants of veteran service programs. So a- a- as we begin to generate some revenue through activities at the local sites, uh, it has to be shared across the state. And some of that, uh, they want about 15% of that to go towards uh, the to provide grants for veterans that are in need of help. Okay. And so they, they can apply to the Indiana Department of Veteran Affairs and try to get assistance. Uh, the second thing that is on the agenda is the ability to make a change to state law so that people that are in the full-time military, whether it's active duty, uh, U.S. Guard, National Guard, the Reserves, and retired uh, members of the, the military will not have to pay taxes on their income. Oh, boy. And we know, yeah, and we know that that their income isn't the greatest in the world anyway. So if we can try to eliminate the need for the taxes to be paid on the limited amount of income for active duty people, it would be a great thing. The third thing, that's, uh, and third and last thing, is something that I really would like to discuss with you folks today um, because I find it to be an interesting discussion topic. So there is an opportunity within the state of Indiana if you have an honorable discharge and you are um, homeless Mm -hmm. or you're in, in need of suicide prevention programs, those are accessible to you. But only honorable discharge. And what we want to see is get that changed so that the term less than honorable discharge folks can still have access to these services that are for the homeless and for suicide prevention to anyone. But we, we stop if the, if the individual, the veteran, has a dishonorable discharge, we understand that that bears a penalty. But anybody that has a, a discharge that's less than honorable today is shut out from those programs we want to open it up for those people that are less than honorable but are but stop it at a point where it is a dishonorable discharge so those are the three salient points that the state of indiana's veterans groups across the state are going to push tomorrow with the state legislatures down in indianapolis and during this video conference we'll be on, some of those legislatures will be accessible for us to talk with, share our ideas, and talk to them. It's quite a feat to see, oh, probably eight, 900 veterans in the vestibule of the State House building uh, milling around and sitting and going through different programs. And legislators will come through on purpose to meet us. Sometimes they'll just be wandering around the halls. And but we do get to interact with them on this legislative day every year. Just can't do it this year, so we've got to go to a virtual meeting. 
Yeah, but you know, also, you know, when you were talking about that, Bob, I was thinking that uh, with the virtual meeting, it means that you can also have a higher turnout, right? You can have a higher attendance of veterans if they uh, they hear about these principles that you're talking about, these three positions that you're pushing, which sound like they're extremely important for veterans, and that p- veterans need to be heard. And uh, I'm hoping that people listening to this program will tune in. Is there uh, a way of them, you know, getting in contact with the organization or going to the website to find out how to attend a meeting? Absolutely, there is. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you want to join, join the event individually, you go to a website that is called Veteran, just like it sounds, V-E-T-E-R-A-N, Legislative. L-E-G-I-S-L-A-T-I-V-E, day. All joined together in one word, but veteranlegislativeday.org. .org. And that will put you right into the activities. Oh, boy. Everyone should be doing this. <laughs> you know, this is a very important uh, important decision. And, you're, you're, you know, the people who represent us as veterans, who are, you know, legislators that we put into office, um, you know, the veterans vote was a very powerful vote, <laughs> uh, th- you know, to, to make sure they realize that this is a concern of their constituents, right? That's absolutely correct. In the state of Indiana, we have over 400,000 veterans. And, uh-huh. and the reason we have such a large number is we have a very, very large active National Guard unit that's based down in Indianapolis. And consequently, uh, a a lot of those guys stick around, stay in the state. We're trying to do different programs to try to keep more of them in the state after they finish their service and and go into retirement phase. Mm -hmm. But um, So we have a very large contingency of veterans in the state of Indiana. Yeah, and that's that's really important. I'm glad you brought that up. So I was just thinking, you know, if you have 400,000 veterans and you multiply that by, you know, a family of four, uh, they have an influence also on the families that they're uh, with because they realize that this is uh, supporting the family structure too, right, what you're doing. That's absolutely correct, and we understand that. And we are very clear in pointing out the fact that we are a very strong body of voters in the state of Indiana. And even when you break it out to the various counties, because um, the state legislatures get elected, you know, in a much smaller uh, uh, area, um, we want them to know the types of uh, uh, numbers that are their constituents in a given area. Here in northwest Indiana, we have uh, about six or seven actual National Guard armories. Uh, Two of them probably house about 250 active guardsmen. And then there's several smaller ones that the smaller ones probably have a hundred people in each one. So there's several thousand national active duty national guardsmen up in this corner of the state of Indiana. So tie in active guardsmen and and veterans, and there's a very strong group of people. Yeah, because even your your point number two, if you're a veteran out there and you were listening uh, closely to what uh, Bob Carnegie was saying is, you know, he was talking about changing the state law so that, uh, you know, the um, there, there is no income tax, um, you know, due for those veterans who are out there because uh, many of us are living on margins, you know, as veterans because um, you dedicated your life not to becoming a big corporate person where you're making millions of dollars a year. You dedicate your life to preservation of this country, uh, preservation of freedom. 
So uh, it's important for you to really uh, look at this. It not only helps you as a veteran, but it helps your fellow veterans, your you know combat uh, and arms people, your uh, your battle buddies. So it's important to be in participate in this, right? That's exactly correct. And you know, people sometimes lose sight of the fact that the veteran community across the United States of America comprises one percent of the population. Wow. Wow. So when we ask to take the uh, the uh, uh, income tax, the state in state income tax is what we're looking at mm-hmm. to take the state income tax out and away from active duty folks and and retired retired individuals that have been the veterans that are veterans and retired. It's not a huge amount of money when you look at the large numbers that are rolling around in the states. Uh, when it comes to income taxes. So it's something that we need to do, and we need to think about that because these folks have spent years putting their life on the line, and they need to ha- feel as though it's been appreciated. Uh, and that's that's particularly important now because we're, we're finding out about all these different terms like social determinants of health and how, you know, your living conditions, whether you have access to food and housing. Now we have homeless veterans, and this is a, almost a sin. It is a sin that we have any veteran who's homeless in this country. And, uh, you know, f- you know, making that point you were talking about with the opportunity, you know, to include people who are less than honorable discharges, because many of the veterans, you know, uh, when they were going through combat and they came back to their units, um, you know, may have had PTSD, may have had, you know, disabilities to deal with. And that can really shift your life and how you're feeling. We were just talking actually to uh, some of the great work they're doing in the veterans courts, you know, to, to make sure that the veterans are protected when they go into a court system and to, you know, give them another way of coming out of that. We had some success stories that we were talking uh, about. Uh, so this is a really an important, important issue. Yes, it goes hand-in-hand with the veteran court system. Here in northwest Indiana, we have two courts, one in Lake County, one in Porter County, and there's a third one even in uh, LaPorte County. So if you look at the top three counties um, that touch Lake Michigan, Mm -hmm. all three of them have veteran treatment courts. I can tell you that in Lake County, there's probably anywhere between 40 to 50 veterans active in that court at any given time. In Porter County, there's probably 25 to 30 active in that court at any given time, and probably 10 to 15 in the Fort County. So it is absolutely a very, very important element of the veteran's life after they serve. And I can tell you, Damon, um, mm-hmm. having worked in these courts mm-hmm. for an extended period of time, mm-hmm. the wonderful stories that we see unfold in front of us as we help these guys transition uh, and it's transitioning their mindset, you know, from, from, from what may have damaged them. And then I won't say that a hundred percent of them were damaged in, in combat or anything like that, but a good enough number have had issues in their military time that have caused them to change their thinking process. And we need to help them come back and join us. Fantastic. Um, and I wanted to say that again, the Veteran Legislative Day, V E T E R A N L E G I S L A T I V E D A Y dot org. 
you know, go there and support this initiative because, you know, and what you were saying before, it's like a national scope. Uh, we're sort of running down on time, but, um, you know, you were mentioning the American Legion, the VFW, uh, you know, Veterans of Foreign Wars, uh, the Department, you know, the DAV and AMVETS all are, um, you know, sort of united on this issue. And I'm so glad to see that that is consensus, that there is a, a, a movement uh, towards making sure this is happening, and especially going through, you know, the uh, Indiana DAV Chapter 17, uh, that you are actually on the pulse of what these veterans need. Correct. And just, just to make sure everybody's clear, they'll start transmitting at 9 o'clock tomorrow our time. Mm-hmm. The actual program will start at 10, and it'll go about an hour to an hour and a half with when they're transmitting from 9 to 10, they've got some videos they'll be showing to folks. But the actual program will start at 10 o'clock. Okay, it starts at 10. So that's uh, Central Standard Time? That's correct. Okay, great. I, I've translated it. I've translated time from Indianapolis to us. So, so yes, it's Central Standard Time. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> I really appreciate that. Uh, but we're running down on time. And, again, I just wanted to say that um, we, we really honor you as a partner um, with the America's Heroes Group, and I especially, I'm looking at your hat with the Saigon on there. I, I just really want to thank you for your service. That's why I joined the military personally back in '84. I retired back in 2010, but I joined it because of the way that Vietnam's were not being treated correctly in uh, in this country. And so I'm so glad to see what you have been doing for the, our veterans. And you are uh, a star, a star, uh, Bob uh, Carnegie. <laughs> Thank you very much, Damon. I appreciate appreciate you guys, and I appreciate the opportunity to join you. Okay, thank you. Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.